We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good morning, everybody. My name is Bart Winkler, and this is the Bart Winkler Show. Brewers beating the Mets on Wednesday night, so they'll at least split the series against the Mets. Uh, 15 and a third now innings scoreless for the Brewers bullpen. Piams gets in there, gets a hold. Peguero gets in there. Hobie Milner gets in there. Devin Williams with a pretty quick and easy save. Uh, Wade Miley, decent outing. Did get lifted after 74 pitches. That fourth inning took a lot out of him, but the Brewers were able to tack on some runs right away. Mets clawed back, and in the Brewers' big eighth inning, a couple of runs on an RBI single up the middle from Christian Yelich. Uh, I don't think the question anymore is, is Yelich back? I think the question is, when did you realize Christian Yelich was back? But a big win for the Brewers on a week again where the Mets are getting a lot of attention, and the Brewers are just kind of like an afterthought in that story. The Mets are hysterical. Like, not historically bad, but hilariously bad. I should sort of finish the word I was trying to say. Uh, it's bad. It's bad for the Mets. It's bad for the New York Mets. They are seven, nine, eight. They're, they're a few games under 500. And the owner, Steve Cohen, who everybody was praising for how much money he was spending, said, I'm going to answer all questions. And then he had a 30-minute press conference on Wednesday that really could have been an email. Uh, he didn't say anything more than what he said the other day. I take full responsibility. Gave a vote of confidence to Buck Showalter, the manager who Mets fans want fired. Uh, he will finish the season, it looks like. He did not finish the game on Wednesday night. He got ejected. He didn't like the uh, Weimer situation. There was a pitch that hit him. He swung. They let him have the base. So Brewers win 5-2. Things are moving along pretty steadily. For the crew, they are, you know, anytime you think like, okay, they lose, could they, could they teeter? This is, uh, this makes me think of Tim Allen, who he would always say, it's important to just stop losing streaks. You know, if you lose a game, it's important to win to stop a losing streak. If you lose two games, it's important to win to stop it from being a three game losing streak. And that makes sense, I think, with this Brewers team. I don't know how good they are. We've talked about that. Uh, they're certainly not a bad baseball team, and they're certainly not an underachieving team. Now, is the lineup for the Mets maybe better? Is the lineup for the White Sox maybe better? Is the lineup for the 
the um, uh, Cardinals may be better than the Brewers, maybe. But the Brewers are getting contributions out of some of these guys. Winker, who's hitting for shit, had a big uh, hit last night. You had Bryce Perkins deliver. You had Anderson deliver. Two outs. You had Yelich deliver. So the guys at least are delivering. Rowdy, I think, might be a lost cause. They're, they are. That's a problem. I don't know what they're going to do with him. 0 for 4 with 3 Ks. But the Brewers will have the Mets again. Another night game. Uh, no day games in this series. So another night game on Thursday night against the Mets. And then you will have the series against the Pirates coming up. And then the Cubs come to town. And then the Reds. And then the All-Star break. So we'll know a few things regarding uh, where they stand at that point. On today's show, we've got got some voicemails, Brewers specific. We'll get to those, thanks to Carl's Place. Ryan Horvat will be here for some AFC over-unders. We talked NFC last week. We'll do AFC today. And then I will, at the end, put on an interview I did on Writer Than You with R.J. Anderson, CBS Sports baseball writer. Uh, But there's some good baseball stuff in there. We don't talk Brewers, but we talk a little bit about the College World Series. You might actually see some of these guys drafted. So you might actually watch an MLB draft and know who some of the guys are. You, uh, th- so that that's rare. We're also going to talk just a little bit about Shohei Otani. So I, I don't know. I thought it was a good baseball conversation. And if you're interested, it'll be on the end of the podcast here for you today. I am still in for Bill Ryder the rest of the week. I'm in for Bill Ryder on CBS Sports Radio Thursday, Friday. Then I do my Sunday show. Then I'm in Monday, Tuesday. So I'm working through the holiday then on Wednesday, on Wednesday, I'm doing the DA show, but like everybody's off. So I'm basically, I'm doing a morning show for four hours by myself and central time it's 5 a.m. So uh, I haven't been up that early since and I'll be on the DA show at 5 a.m. on Wednesday. I'm already thinking about it. It's a week out. I'm already thinking about it. I'm already nervous that I'm not going to get up. I'm nervous about how that's going to work. I'm just nervous about the whole thing, but uh, God, we'll see. That's, I mean, I forgot. I used to get up every day at, well, 520 and then, but even that, I got to get up in the fours. God, already thinking about that. You know, what I think about a lot is uh, Happy Place Hemp and the gummies that you can get there and how they slash prices across the board. And, how the promo code still takes 25% off of that. So they are able to, because of the amount of orders they're getting and because of how much you guys are using them, which again is great, they are able to lower their cost in terms of what it costs to make the product. And instead of, you know, just lining their underwear with $20 bills, they are deciding to pass the savings on to you. So for the THC gummies, uh, and they have, there's a, on the website, you can find one. There's a little stronger one even. Uh, but the THC gummies, the CBD, CBN gummies that I like for bedtime, the THC free ones, if you're just looking for that. Again, I really, I, I mean, the, the lotion I used for the sunburn was incredible. They've got tinctures, other stuff for pets. Check them all out, happyplacehemp.com. The promo code is BART, 25% off every order. And when you go there, you'll notice the prices have already been cut from maybe your your last order. So just a bunch of savings all the way around. Let's do some voicemails. Got a couple. These are Brewers related. Earlier in the week, but still, I think, very usable. 402-915-BART. 
This one is from Dan. And uh, here's Dan dealing with some of the smoke that we saw in our area. I think it's all cleared. Could you imagine if that smoke was during the 4th of July, like the fireworks? Oh, my God. People would be pissed. One thing you realize is people take that 4th of July thing seriously. And they're not letting them camp out overnight, which is smart. But people, man, you see, you're going to start, you can drive down there today, you probably see blankets for fireworks for a 45 minute show. Let's watch it on Fox 6. Look out the window. Here's Dan. Hey, Bart, it's Dan from Oak Creek. Glad to be calling in on, your, on Carl's Place voicemail. Um, driving home right now, Tuesday, uh, Tuesday afternoon. Crazy with this uh, whole uh, Canadian wildfires blowing in in the Milwaukee. I can't breathe at all. Holy shit. Anyways, oh my, sorry, pardon my language. Uh, hey, I think Christian Yelich is an all-star. I know you've been talking about it recently in the past couple of episodes, but uh, I know you're kind of on the fence right now. But, I mean, even just watching the highlights, I'm not watching you know, the game's so nice and this and But anyways, like, I, I'm seeing the highlights the next day. He's getting on base. He's getting on base. I know it's not what he's looking up to with his contract and all that, but I, I think I think he needs to be an all-star this year. I don't see why he wouldn't be. Uh, also about Corbin Burns, I know you've been talking about him lately, too. Um, yeah, he's been, he's been kind of off. Um, Hopefully he picks it back up after the All-Star break. He must need a break. He's obviously not going to be an All-Star this year, which is probably good for him. He needs that mental break. Um, I was at that Diamondback team where he gave up six in the first inning. He did settle down, but still six in the first. Granted, it was, you know, a Diamondbacks team that's honestly one of the best in the in the league. Um, but, you know, we, we rely on him and, you know, I was thinking actually today, maybe maybe the Brewers, you know, do buy uh, before the deadline. Maybe get another pitcher. I know they got Tehran, some great. Ray was great last night. Uh, the 2-1 victory. Um, and, of course, as you said, Wade Miley's been great. He, shouldn't, he should have never left the Brewers after 2018. Um, he could have had a great couple years these past years uh, with the Brewers, I, I feel like. But uh, anyways, maybe maybe we, we go get more pitching. Um, I don't know what we give up. I don't know if they give up like self free like that would be that would actually be detrimental actually, I feel like. But you know, get somebody, I don't know who, but I don't know what your thoughts are. Would love to would love to hear them. I uh, would also love to hear Tim Shea. I know it's been a been a, a week or so since he's been on. I want to hear his thoughts on the Bruce right now. Hopefully he's doing well. Tim, if you're listening, or if you're on the show as, you, as you're playing this uh, part, uh, yeah, hope, hope you're doing well for his part. And Tim, if you're, if you're on right now, hopefully you're doing well as well. If you haven't been to the bars lately, Tim. I got, we got to see you at the bars uh, on the YouTube stream. <laughs> yeah, Tim, uh, Tim working this morning shift. I thought I thought I'd still see him a little bit, but he called me the other day just to check in. Um, I, I didn't I didn't know who it was. 
And I picked up and he said, Hey, you remember me? And I didn't. Um, so I have to get in touch with Tim again. The guy's busting his ass, man. Some, somebody's got to, somebody's got to do it. I mean, you wake up and you turn on that eight o'clock news on WMLW. Somebody had to go send a reporter to get that footage. And that's Tim Shea. One of Milwaukee's heroes. People are saying. Carl's Place voicemail line. Check out carlavt.com backslash Bart. They've got all the golf simulators that you could ever desire. I'll have some videos on that, uh, too, coming up. Man, some of the equipment that they have there. Like, I did share a video of my swing. I didn't like, – I like like my club. Somehow when I swing my club, it like – I, like, turn my club. I'm, like, twirling my club as I'm shooting. You know, the golf twirl. I suck. Carlavt.com backslash Bart. Get to another voicemail here in a second. I will also be at Summerfest Thursday and Friday of this week, Thursday and Friday of next week with Milwaukee Pro Soccer. I'll be, uh, you know, handing out some merch, playing some this beanie game, uh, just kind of street teaming it up for my squad. So I'm looking forward to doing that. I'd, I'd like to be a part of that. Uh, I am kind of stationed by other radio stations. So I wonder, you know, there'll be some awkward interactions for sure. Uh, I just wonder. I just wonder what they will be. I wonder if there will be a locked eyed and then uh, no engagement. Um, I had that with Zabe once at the Deer District. We had a locked eyes and then no engagement. Um, we'll see. I have interacted with some other people, but I don't know. I don't. I, I don't know. I think. It, I think it might be weird. And there'll always be another. You know, you'll see. You know, a summer fest. You see people I even thought of in fifteen years when you go down there. So we'll see. At least I'll be safe where I know I'll be safe and I'll never run into anybody that I would have uh, alienated is when I go to, we're going to be at Harley Fest. If there's one place on this world, I'll be safe from anyone I've ever shit on. It will be Harley Fest. Here's Bucky Boyd. Bart, Bucky Boyd here. Uh, Just checking in. I wanted to discuss uh, a Brewers topic. Uh, I wanted to harken back to a comment of yours, I believe, from maybe last week's pod or a week prior. Um, and you were kind of discussing the idea of Willie Adamas being the most overrated Brewer since we signed him. Um, and I completely agree. You know, I love Willie. Uh, he, he's definitely injected good energy into the team. But his production has not been what we needed to kind of take this team over the top. Um, and to a degree, I sort of, I sort of blame his slump uh, in at the end of 2021 when you know we won the division, but we finished the season really poorly offensively. And going into that Braves series, um, you know, I, I I kind of blame his his lack of production and. Uh, kind of lack of energy and it kind of permeated the lineup. And I don't think we've been in the same franchise since that Braves series. I think the Braves kind of broke us. And not only that, it was, it was a combination of, you know, um, the Willie signing just not really transpiring the way that it should have. Um, and, you know, I, I, I really think, you know, with the young up-and-comers and promising youth that we have in our farm system, uh, I can't wait to turn the page because there's definitely been shades of what the Brewers can be in the next five years, uh, especially this season. But, you know, with 
prospects like Freelich and Churio uh, kind of, you know, waiting in the wings. Um, I'm looking forward to turning the next page. I think the Willie signing was sort of, um, it was sort of a microcosm of the end of, you know, the Brewers' 20-teens, early 2020s era. And I think we, we should move on. Um, you know, we are ultimately going to move on. But, you know, the, the, the Brewers really need a reset. And I do, I do like what we have waiting in the wings. But, yeah, I... I completely agree with you. Willie's been the most overrated brewer uh, by far. So, um, love the pod. Keep up the good work. Uh, I know it's tough talking about the Brewers, but you know, the Brewers are overperforming, and I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to how they how they do going into uh, the summer. Uh, take care. Peace and love. Peace and love. Peace and love. And to go back with uh, Dan's point on Yelich, you know, since we discussed about Yelich being an all-star, I think he has got a hit in every game except for Tuesday night where he had two at-bats, uh, did walk twice. So he still got on base, scored a run. Otherwise, he has been uh, playing very well. And again, we're calling this Marlins Yelich. This is an MVP Yelich. Uh, this is Marlins Yelich. And I think for getting Marlins Yelich back, I mean, it's, it's made a big difference. Imagine – I still don't know if he's an all-star. Very easy, close. But imagine if Yelich was bad Yelich on this team right now. I mean, they would be really shitty. And they'd be probably losing a few of these games that they won. So I don't know if that counts in his war. Or I know that doesn't, but you know what I'm saying. I, uh, Yelich is a big part of this, uh, this month. Again, 315 batting average in the month of June, OBP of 419, OPS 913. I mean, he's, he's, he's been very good. So if you want to, if you're gonna, if you're gonna say Yelich is an All Star and this is the claim you want to make and this is the hill you want to die on, it's a it's a worthy argument, and you may actually be right. Uh, and and I may just need to look at the numbers a little bit more. I mean, to go find my made up stat from last week and and check it out. We will do some over unders with Ryan Horvat uh, today on this episode. Tomorrow, Kevin Holden. Of CBS 58, he went to the Little League, not the Little League, he went to the College World Series, had a hell of a time. Talk to him about that and some of the other adventures that he's been on regarding baseball. That'll be on Friday's show. Next week with the holiday, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm taking like a soft break. I'm not going to have shows on Monday or Tuesday. Like next week, shows aren't going to publish at five. I'm going to probably throw a out of uh, cutting room floor episode out with some bits that we cut. I'll probably throw one of those out. And then if the Bucks do something, I'll go live as soon as assuming I can, and we'll make a show out of that. Next week is like next. I, it's I'm, I'm basically off, but I don't want, I don't like still check, <laughs> you know, still, still, still check to see, but next week's kind of going to be like a, like a little off week. And then, uh, and then we'll pick it up again. So, just with some holiday time and with the Summerfest stuff I'm doing and with the CBS stuff I'm doing, uh, I thought that made sense. So that's what we'll do. And it's a good time to, I don't know if you guys ever heard of the interview I did with Clay Thompson, but it's a good opportunity to go back and listen to some of that stuff. The following will also be on YouTube, the Dan Shaney YouTube stream, danshaney.com, S-C-H-A-I-N-I, S-C-H-A-I, no, I said it wrong, Jesus. S-C-H-A-N-I. 
danshaney.com, that beautiful website. So check that out. Ryan Horvath coming up, over-unders AFC. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Ryan Horvat, what are we talking today? Uh, we're going to do AFC over under win totals. Yeah. You know, it's, it's summer. I get to talk about my team then. Your team, team, the Jacksonville Jaguars? They're one of my teams, actually, yes. Well, let's start with the AFC South then. We did this for the NFC, and uh, we're going to do it for the AFC because not this isn't just like a kill time exercise. This is something we would kill time with if we were doing a four-hour show, but I really just want to talk over-under win totals and just talk some goddamn football. Yeah, some pigskin. All right, so let's start with the Jaguars. I do have 10 to win 175 on Trevor Lawrence MVP. He's my guy. Nice. nice. That's all I've got so far. Um, but they're nine and a half wins. I feel like I feel like people are gonna think there's gonna be a little regression, but then also there's not. I'm I might think that a 10 win season for Jacksonville is is more than doable. That division, as we know, is bad. Houston with the rookie quarterback, Tennessee, maybe Indiana for sure. I mean, it's just a bunch of rookie quarterbacks. Against Trevor, give me the over on Jacksonville. Yeah, I bet the over immediately on Jacksonville. I know they're going to be like a hype team, and if Trevor Lawrence gets hurt, they're probably screwed. But I think they're going to be even better, man, because like the first eight weeks of the season, Trevor Lawrence still kind of stunk. You know, he still had that like Urban Meyer stench. And then the last eight weeks of the season, he was the best quarterback in the AFC. He only threw two picks. 
the final eight games. And I know he threw the four in the first half of that playoff game, but then he came back and won. He kind of reminds me a little bit of Andrew Luck, and I just feel like they're going to be better. Like, they have Calvin Ridley now. All the dudes that they signed that everybody ripped kind of actually worked out. Like, Christian Kirk had one of his best years. Zay Jones was really good. Uh, Ingram was pretty good. I think a good bet to make is Trevor Lawrence to lead the league in passing yards. It's plus 1,200 over at BetMGM right now. They just released that market a couple days ago. I really like that just because I love ETN, but, man, even ETN's a pass catcher. Like, he could catch 60, 70 balls out of the backfield. You add now Kelvin Ridley, like I said, um, and then on the defensive side of the ball, they should be better because they drafted all those young guys. You know, Walker was a rookie. I would have picked Hutchinson personally with the number one overall pick. But I'm pretty excited about Jacksonville. I like Doug Peterson. I like Trevor Lawrence. And like you said, man, that division stinks. I mean, Houston, I think they're heading in the right direction, but they're a couple years away. Um, yeah, I mean, Indianapolis, I think same thing. You know, I think that they're probably a couple years away as well. So what happened to James Robinson? So, yeah, man, like, I mean, that he was, was their guy. And then they had ETN and he's like, wait, what the fuck? I'm the guy. And then he goes to New England and New England just cut his ass. So he got hurt. Sometimes guys just don't come back the same dude, you know, and I, they didn't like him there. I mean, that's also Belichick in the Patriots. That doesn't mean his career is over. But, yeah, he completely what was crazy, man, is like he was undrafted. And I think he set the rookie rushing yards for undrafted rookie or something like that. Had over like twelve hundred yards. Then they drafted ETN. He got hurt, and it was over after that. Well, that sucks. I liked him. Me too. Me and too. I had him in a dynasty league. I like ETN a lot, though. You know who I'm hanging on to in a dynasty league is fucking Michael Thomas's dead ass. I would get rid of him right now. Doesn't he have like a steel fucking plate in his foot again? <laughs> last, I was all, last time I was he, all about he the same a touchdown thing. was like before COVID. The other thing is Chris Olave might be the best receiver in the league next year. Like everybody talks about Garrett Wilson. He is awesome. And he's got Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Garrett Wilson will still be better. I, I don't know if I could buy a Derek Carr hype, man. We just, we like tried to do that last year with Devontae Adams and he still stunk. Well, now Derek Carr said he didn't give his all. Hey, no shit. <laughs> Who admits that? <laughs> everyone, everyone knows that. The uh, rest of the division is bad. Who does Vegas have to take the next highest win total? They've got the Titans at seven and a half. Under. I bet under. And what planet are the Titans good this year? It, it can't be, man. If the Titans win eight games, shit, if they win seven games, Mike Vrabel should be coach of the year. That defense freaking stinks. Tannehill is older and he's not. Mike Vrabel's good. probably it's probably the biggest gap between coaching ability and talent that he's getting yeah exactly man mike like that, mike rabel's being asked to do more than any other coach because his team sucks yeah and the defense that stinks now they i mean i thought they were trying to trade derrick henry then they probably realized they're not going to get anything for him because they've ran him into the ground the last three years he's all they have he'll probably still rush for 1200 yards if he's healthy don't really like any of the wide receivers don't like Tannehill. Don't really like anything about the Titans, to be honest with you. That's a pass for me. I'd go under on them. Yeah, I got to go under on them, too, on account of what you said, and also they suck. Yeah. Colts at six and a half. Um, I mean, this division is so bad. And you know what? I'll throw in the Texans here, too. They're also six and a half. I think of the two teams, God, I I mean, I don't know that – do they win six and a half combined? So 
I would still go under on the Texans, even though I like Ryan's. I obviously I like. I, mean, I think Stroud will be good, and I think Richardson will be good. But yeah. I just, unless one of these teams like does what the Jaguars did last year and just has everything clicking and rolling, so I would go over on. I mean, I'm not gonna. The only thing I bet in this division right now is Jags, and I'm kind of with you on the Trevor Lawrence MVP love, and I'm kind of I like that passing yards prop. I think I'm gonna play that as well, but. It, I would, uh, I would probably actually lean over. I'd, I'd lean under on the Texans again. I think I'd probably go over maybe next year. I want to see what Stroud looks like. I think he's serviceable right now, but I don't think he's going to win you games. You know what I mean? And I don't know how good that defense is going to be. Ryan's will probably turn that thing around pretty soon. But I uh, would probably lean over on the Colts. What I need to see, though, man, is like their defense, the defense from two years ago when they had a real defense. You know what I mean? Because if they have a top 10 defense, and Jonathan Taylor stays healthy. I think Anthony Richardson's a project, and there's a whole side of the field that he just, like, doesn't see right now. Like, if you go back and you watch his tape, even at Florida. But we know he's going to be able to run the ball, and he's going to be, you know, super athletic. And if Jonathan Taylor stays healthy, you know, and, and you know, they're able to put in a kind of like a Jalen Hurts-type offense, I can see them winning, like, seven, eight games. If they're able to run the ball and they have a solid defense that could take the football away. So I'd probably lean over on the Colts under on everybody else in that division except for the Jags. Like, the AFC's loaded. Maybe these teams, like, beat each other, but who else are they beating? You know what I mean? Like, think about this. Like, Aaron Rodgers, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, if he's back to being himself, um, Josh Allen. You know, like, one of these guys isn't going to make the playoffs. So it's hard to say, like, you know, C.J. fucking Stroud and Ryan Tannehill are winning eight games this year. So I'm going under on pretty much all these teams. But I think the Colts have the highest upside. And then I'm all about the Jags this year. Well, just looking at the Colts' schedule, um, like who are so they? They be? play the NFC South. So I remember I was shitting on the NFC South. Can you get seven wins out of Jacksonville, Houston, Baltimore, the Rams, Tennessee, Jacksonville, Cleveland, New Orleans, Carolina, New England, Tampa, Tennessee, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, Atlanta, Vegas, and Houston? I think you can. I mean, Tennessee and Vegas are winnable games. I don't know. That's a, I'm going to take the Colts over. I'll take the Texans under. I'm going to I'm going to take the Colts over. Wow. I just I, I can't tie my money up into that market for the next couple of months. It has to be something that I love because I have so much college football. You know, I love college football win totals. Like in the NFL, man, I got like ten in the NFL though, so I don't know what I'm talking about. But not in this division. It's too tough to call. We'll do college another time. Well, I'm going to get all the meat off of the Horvat bone. Good. The uh, NFC is what we already did. So I'm correcting myself. We can go to the AFC East and we can go to your boys, the jets. I got to think that you've taken the over whatever this is. Oh, is this your team? Nine and a half wins for the jets again with the jets. Their first six is very hard. Their last six is very easy. Uh, I bet the jets when they were freaking 22 to one to win the super bowl, that went all the way down to 12 to one. I'm all about the jets this year at that price. I wouldn't bet them plus 1200. I would go over the win total. I think Rodgers is going to have a monster year. I think Rodgers is probably – Boomer Esiason said the other day he thinks he's going to break the passing touchdown record. I'm kind of there, too. I think Rodgers – In the season? Yeah, I think Rodgers is going to throw – Well, like as long as the games don't, like, like co- conflict with RFK Jr. Uh, <laughs> campaign stops. That Bakhtiari is that Rodgers, though. Rodgers <laughs> uh, on, on his Instagram, too. I don't even really yeah, all, all these guys. Why does everybody want to see a fucking debate between scientists and not scientists? I don't even pay attention to be honest with you, but oh, I can't thing, not. 
But uh, like the other thing, man, is like Brees Hall is probably not going to be healthy to start the year, even if he does start the year. You know what I mean? So I think Rodgers is going to throw like sixty touchdown passes. How do you not? How do you not root? Well, you hate Rodgers. I was going to say, how are the Jets not your side piece team this year, though? Like Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard, Adrian Amos. Like I love these guys. I'm yeah, fucking- I want them all to do badly. Man, you're a dick. I I want them to win the. I want them to play the Packers in the Super Bowl. I'm not just rooting against Rodgers. I'm rooting against. Yes, I am rooting for those guys to be bad. I don't want them to be good. No, I, I do. I'm rooting for Jordan Love and the Packers, but I'm rooting for the Jets too. And that's that's allowed when they. I mean, I didn't root for Long well when he went to Minnesota after 17, 18 years. Like I didn't have a problem with the Boston guys that love Tom Brady. He's yours. Rodgers is mine. He's ours. I mean, not yours. Yeah, but were they rooting for Tampa to win the Super Bowl? They probably were because they're weird. Well, not like I'm rooting for the Packers to win the Super Bowl. Like if they fucking come out guns blazing. But were, did, did Boston, did Patriots fans the last few years when they were out and Brady's in the Super Bowl, did they root for Brady? Like how do I go into a season now that Aaron Rodgers has gone with any expectations when that Dingleberry Joe Barry is still the defensive coordinator? You know what I mean? Like, who the fuck are the safeties? Like, you know what I mean? Like, this has nothing to do with – I think Jordan Love's going to be pretty good. I think they're probably – I think When they had one, didn't, wasn't Garvin a safety and they moved him to linebacker? Yeah, exactly. They even have less safeties? Like, I won't be shocked if fucking Quentin Rollins is getting some run later No, on. Uh, the Jonathan Owens. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He started all the games for the Texans last year. Yeah, and you know what the Texans were last year? Shit, on both sides of the ball. So, like, that. but that's the thing, man. I think Jordan Love – is going to have to go through what Aaron Rodgers... Everybody, I hate... You know what's the laziest take on Twitter is that, like... And I've never made... Like, I, yeah, I wanted Odell Beckham Jr. in, like, real number two options. But all I ever wanted was the same thing you always wanted. A real fucking defense. So, like, the Packers, I think, did waste Aaron Rodgers' prime. But it had nothing to do with not drafting guys in the first round like Chris Sims and all these dipshits talk about. What they Where they screwed him is, like... You know, Ladarius Gunter can't be covering Julio Jones in, in yeah. a title game. You can't give Nick Perry, you know, all this money after one double-digit sack season during a career year. You know what I mean? Like, you probably should have said goodbye to Clay Matthews even earlier. You needed, you know, you probably should have paid Casey Hayward, Micah Hyde. That That's where they screwed up, though. And that's, I think, where Jordan Love's going to be fucked, unless this defense actually shows up. Because he could go out there and score 28 points, but it doesn't matter, dude, when the defense is giving up 30. You know what I'm saying? Like, you could shit on Rodgers in those NFC championship games. The fuck did you want him to do when he doesn't get to touch the football because some third string running back is going off for 220 yards. You know what I mean? It's hard for him. Then if he goes three and out, he's on the sideline for 45 minutes. That's why I think the Rodgers slander was always pretty lazy. I think he's going to be pretty good with the Jets. So I'll go over. Uh, I like Robert Sala. He's a psychopath. Rodgers, like we don't have to worry about Hackett. Rodgers calls the plays. Rodgers is the head coach of that team. This is like a LeBron situation. We've never seen anything like this in the NFL. Russell Wilson tried to do it in Denver, but everybody was like, Fuck. well, no, Sal is coaching the defense. Rodgers is like a cult leader. Well, you know what I mean? Like he's in there right now, just like brainwashing all these young kids. Probably. Yeah. And I don't, that, you like, and you like that. And I didn't. I like Rodgers. I love him. He's my, yes. Over on the jets. I'm going to be going over on a lot of these teams in this division. though. The Buffalo bills under, I don't know. I think the weirdest thing with the bills is that they were on the come 10 and a half is their total. 
And then everyone decided that when they lost to Cincy last year, the window closed. Yeah. I think they need to sign D hop. First of all. Yeah. 11 wins possible for the bills. No. Under. I'm going to take Buffalo over the 10 and a half. Really? Yeah. Buffalo's good, dude. All right. Hear me out. Okay. I'm going to make a couple cases that might change your mind. I, you could say that on the podcast. I wouldn't bet it, though. Let me tell you why. Something weird's going on with Josh Allen. I don't give a shit about the off-the-field shit, but him and his girlfriend broke up. There's all these rumors. You could Google it. I don't give a fuck about that. What scares me more about Josh Allen, who's on the cover of Madden this year? Uh, Josh Allen. Madden curse. Who does Stephon Diggs all of a sudden fucking hate and was screaming at? to end the season. Now he wants more say in the play calling. That doesn't, that, that'll probably work itself the Stephon out. Diggs thing, I, I don't know. It like goes in one ear out the other to me. I don't think, I think, I don't think it's anything. I do. And I, I like, okay, so Gabe well, Davis. I'm probably I'm, wrong though. So sure. I do like Dalton Kincaid, especially the way that they're going to use him. And I guess Gabe Davis like had a high ankle sprain, like after week two and just played through it. I just thought he kind of stunk last year. Oh, did you hear what I'm playing through? What? Out. Plantar fasciitis. Oh, Joakim Noah had that. It ruined his career. Hell, it's ruining my fucking life. I, I know. It, it, Can't you're walk. Lucky. I got to wear shoes all day in the house. How the fuck did you get plantar fasciitis? Don't you have to like move and do things? No offense. I'm not being a dick, but like, how did you get that? I don't have that. Because I, I did it the other way. I didn't move too much. Then I started moving again. I basically got it because I'm a lazy piece of shit that podcast from his basement and watches Marvel all day on the couch. And then the weather got nicer. So I started walking my son to daycare and then walking back home. And that was too much for my tiny little toes with the 230 pounds of gut that it's got to carry step by step. That's how I fucking got it. Man, we're going to be a broken down podcast here soon. I got arthritis of the hip in my thirties and you got fucking plantar fasciitis. I'd rather be in the community. We call it PF. We just call it PF. I would trade PF Chang. I would trade you in a heartbeat, man. You want fucking arthritis in your hip? I would much rather have your body. I saw a picture of you at the beach. Yeah, it's hard work and determination, though. I try, I try to tell you how to do it. You got to do the all-day fasting and eat one big meal. You'll lose weight like crazy. Yeah, you but- don't even have to. You honestly, like, I like working out because I need it for my mental health or I'd go insane and just, like, break shit all the time, especially after losing bets. But uh, you don't even really need to fucking work out. You could literally just go for a walk every day, eat the right food, and you could still eat bad on the weekends and drink. I, tried, I quit drinking for a month. I didn't. I gained weight. That's probably because you were more stressed out. Stress adds pounds. This isn't what the people are here for. What the people are here for is I. All right, so hold on. Back to the bills. Madden curse. Josh Allen knocking up porn stars, getting them pregnant. Josh Allen and his girlfriend have broken up. She was at the Derby looking for old dick. The defensive side of the ball. Micah Hyde, another year older, coming off a neck injury. Jordan Poyer played hurt all last year. Von Miller's old ass, who you signed for all that money, older, coming off a devastating injury. Like, I don't love the defensive side of the ball as much as I did last year. You know what? Looking at their schedule, Horvath, I might have to. Ken Dorsey sucks. That's what was the problem last year, dude. Early play calls, like early downs, they were shit. So it had to be Josh Allen becoming Superman on third and eight. That's not sustainable. Last year, 
like on third and medium or third and long. All right, they, you convinced me. Like, you can, you yeah, convinced under me. Under on the Bills. But here, go to the Dolphins now. Let's talk Dolphins. Wait, wait, wait. Look at the the Bills' last seven. Convince me. Jets at Eagles by at Chiefs Dallas at Chargers Patriots at Dolphins. That's a gauntlet. All right, I'll go under Bills. God damn it. Um, Dolphins over under nine and a half. Dolphins to the moon. Dolphins might end up ruining my Jets love and winning this division if Tua could stay healthy. I mean, offensive side of the ball, they're going to be even better. It's year two under McDaniel. Tua could have been the MVP of the league first eight weeks of the season, man. Like, then he just dealt with the concussions again. Vic Fangio, defensive side of the ball. Like, you know... We got to see what Jalen Ramsey is because he stunk the last couple years. He hasn't been the same player really since Devontae Adams stole his soul in that playoff game. Then again, he did win a Super Bowl a couple years ago. I like them better on defense. Vic Fangio still the man uh, over. Dolphins to the moon if Tua could stay healthy. Even if he gets hurt, they almost won that playoff game even without him, man. So uh, I think the Dolphins are going to be better this year. I'm, I'm going over on the Dolphins, under on the Bills, over on the Jets in this division. I'm going to go under on the Dolphins. I think nine is a good spot. Hater. But wait, didn't I go under on the Jets too? Who's the one guy that always fucks Aaron Rodgers up too? Vic Fangio. I think they split with the Jets. I'm going to go under on the Jets, under on the Bills. Yeah, that AFC East, everyone's going to win nine fucking games. Okay. Even the Patriots? The Patriots are at seven and a half, and I would go over on that. Yeah, me too, to be honest with you. I mean, they're weird, though. Like, I don't know what to do with them because I fucking hate Bill O'Brien, and now he's the play caller, but the last time him Yeah, they are like, what are they like? What's a good comparison for them? They're like... Like the Bulls. Mm, Yeah. Like, like well, now they are, like, because they're, like, living off their past, so they're, like, a name. No, not the Bulls. I don't know. There's something more recent. I was going to say like the heat because like everybody wants to blow Belichick the same way they bl- they blow Spolstra, even though he's <laughs> lost three finals in a row. Like, when are we going to have that conversation? Uh, Eric Spolstra finished the playoffs with a two and like, seven record. People forget. Like, oh, LeBron, LeBron goes to the finals every year, but he's not the best player ever because sometimes he loses. But Eric Spolstra, you know, coaches this team to the finals and, you know, a weak ass East. No offense. So I guess I'm going to go over on New England, even though they're a giant mystery. And I'm going to take the Jets, Bills, and Dolphins to all win nine games and the Patriots to win eight. Yeah, I don't have a whole lot to say about the Patriots because I hate Bill O'Brien. But like I said, the last time him and Mac Jones worked together, Mac Jones won a Heisman at Alabama. They're just a weird team. Belichick, I mean, they're... Like this, this whole Belichick thing where he's like on all these guys for the second time, it's like it's getting annoying. Why was nobody talking about, like, you know what would be the weirdest thing? Like, when D-Hop was taking visits. Remember when Bill O'Brien traded DeAndre Hopkins for a broken-down fucking David Johnson? Why would he want to go play in an offense where he's calling the plays? And remember, wasn't there, like, some weird thing where he said, like, I don't know, some, like, borderline, like, racist shit, why he traded them, too? I, I don't know. I, I, I hate Bill O'Brien. I, I can't do it with the Patriots. Under, actually. Bill O'Brien's got the wrong lot in life. He would be the perfect high school football coach for 40 years where he runs the fucking team. And in the last 20 years, he doesn't really coach, but everyone's still afraid of him. This is this they they call this the Fond du Lac Springs. And he gets his, uh, the fields named after him and 
people are always like they they treat him like he's a goddamn celebrity, even though he's just fucking some old curmudgeon. Fuck him. Yeah, I'm with you. So that's the AFC East. Yeah, yeah, it is. Go Jets, J E T S, Jets, Jets, Jets. The Fighting Aaron Rodgers is. The AFC North division over under win totals. Let's tough. start with my Steelers. Hey, Mike Tomlin does not have a losing record. And if he didn't have a losing record last year, why in the shit is he going to have one this year? Over under eight and a half. Over. Yeah, man. And that was like TJ Watt got hurt. When TJ Watt's on the field, they're a top five defense. When he's off the field, they stink. Plus, I'm a Pickens pyromaniac, baby. Yeah, I like him too. I like him a lot more. than. And by Pickens, I mean Pickett. But Pickens is good too. He's also there. I was going to say, he's there too. You can't really go wrong with either dude. I, I, I like, like I like Kenny Pickett. I like the Steelers. Isn't it weird though, like how these people have these names? Kenny Pickett, Pickett off that pitcher that was named Bob Walk. I mean, isn't that weird when that shit happens? Mm-hmm. It is. You know, you know what else is weird is how Mike Tomlin wins at least nine games this year. So he'll he'll do that. He'll he'll they'll never have a losing season over on the Steelers. That's the easiest bet I think you could make. But I'm not going to make it, though. So our guy, Eric Edholm, recently wrote a column for NFL.com. And it's about how the Browns are a sneaky contender. Yeah. Says if there's a last or first possibility, not named the Jets, that he's fascinated by, it's the Browns. Tough division, yes. But kind of reminds him of the Vikings team last year where they could be one of these teams that wins a bunch of close games. A lot of this hinges on Deshaun Watson, who I thought was number two to Patrick Mahomes, number one before all of the touching. And then now that he's come back, I think he looked very, very bad. Like Jacoby Brissett was better. So the Browns over under is nine and a half. That's gross. That's too high. I'm taking the under. Uh, I'm not going to take the over, but I'm not going to take the under because I agree with Ed Holm. Like, what if Deshaun Watson looks like, and he, and he looks healthy? What if he looks like Deshaun Watson, you know, a couple years ago with Houston, and he's a top five quarterback in this league, which I think he can be. And if Nick Chubb stays healthy, if that offensive line goes back to what they were, if the defense gets better, you know, I don't know how good Kevin Stefanski is though. You know, he like, like year one with Baker Mayfield, he made Baker Mayfield look like a real NFL quarterback and they won a playoff game. They beat Pittsburgh. They beat Mike Tomlin, but um, I'm not like running to bet this. I would lean over on the Browns though. I'm probably going to bet them a lot this season, but they're not the team I like in this division. The team that I like in this division is Baltimore. Me too. And their over under is, what do we got for them? It's, uh, it's eight and a half. So it went up. I bet it at nine and nine and a half. I have like $1,700 on that. No joke. <laughs> I, I, I was all over. I just that. think, I, I think when Lamar Jackson says, I'm going to throw for 6,000 yards, I think he's like downplaying it. I think he is going to throw for 6,000. He's going to throw for a shitload of yards. Yeah. And he's going to remind people, he wants to remind you yeah. about how, this whole like uh, you know he's been hurt and then we've just been talking about him 
and does he deserve this and highest paid that and we like forget that he's good as shit yeah so i will take the over baltimore ravens yeah i was hoping that they were going to trade him to the packers for jordan love to be honest with you because he's my favorite quarterback in the league not named aaron Rodgers. so i might take the ravens as my super bowl pick yeah i mean ravens seahawks no no seattle is not going to the super bowl but i'm with you on the ravens to be honest with you i mean is jk dobbins gonna show up though because they're gonna need him and they're gonna need to give him the football i like the ravens because greg roman's gone right he was shit let's be honest uh lamar jackson's pissed off he got paid i completely agree if he says he's gonna throw for six thousand yards like look at the dudes he won the mvp with that year and i know that like some people want to rip the odell beckham jr signing i know they kind of overpaid for him but it's only one year so if he's washed you move on and if he's odell beckham jr that we saw in the first half of that super bowl when he was the best player on the field not cooper cup i love it Defensive side of the ball, they're not like what they were, obviously, a couple years ago, but they're still really good. I like Kyle Hamilton. I think he's going to be a hell of a player, but I'm also biased because he went to Notre Dame. I like the Roquan signing because it allows Patrick Queen, who's not what we thought he was going to be, just to do one thing, and that's rush the passer. He's pretty Uh, good. Not what you thought he was going to be. He could could get after the quarterback, and if you got Roquan Smith doing everything else, you know, it works out, even though they paid for Roquan. So I'm with you. Over on Baltimore, man. I think that they're a legit Super Bowl contender if Lamar stays healthy. The last two years when Lamar's got hurt, they were number one in the division. A couple of years ago, they were the number one overall seed. Remember the year where Tennessee ends up getting the number one seed and Cincinnati goes to the Super Bowl. So every time Lamar plays, they win. And I love Harbaugh. I love how he just doesn't give an F. And, you know, he says, Lamar, what should we do? We go for two. You know, sometimes they lose the game, but I like it. So all in on the Ravens this year. Go Baltimore. What about Cincinnati? They're at a, Cincinnati's at 11 and a half. And, Sometimes these teams, like the Packers have done this, they win 13 games and you look and their over-under was 10 and a half. And at the time you're like, oh, geez, to win 11 games. But then they hit a stride through the season and they just roll. I guess they could do that, but 11 and a half is kind of high. I'm going to say under for Cincinnati. Yeah, I like them a lot because I love Joe Burrow. So I'm rooting for them to go over. And I want them to win. I want to see Burrow win a couple Super Bowls here soon. But – you know what scares me a little bit about that, man, is they've been healthy the last couple of years. Like, Burrow, I mean, he tore his ACL his rookie year, but then he's been healthy. You know, uh, Jamar Chase has been healthy. Well, he actually missed, he missed time last year, too. I don't know, man. Um, it's just, I, I'm with you. I wouldn't bet it. I don't want to bet against Joe Burrow, though, because I could easily see them winning 13, 14 games. I like them a lot, but uh, in that division, I think I think that might be the best division in football. I know we're going to talk about the East, but I mean, if the Browns live up to the hype and win 12 games and, De- and Deshaun looks like he did a couple of years ago, this is going to be tough to win. The Steelers could win this division, like you said. Uh, so I'd lean under just because 11 and a half seems a little inflated. But if they stay healthy, they're probably going to win 13 games. Also, this could be their last shot. I know they say that they plan on paying Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and T. Higgins. But then, like, then are you going to have the Packers defense? Like, Who the hell are you going to be able to sign then if you have the two highest paid wide receivers and the highest paid quarterback in the league? They're probably going to have you and I at secondary, so I'm going to lean under. But I'm not going to. I'm not going to bet against Joe Burrow ever. He's the new Tom Brady. Yeah, I'll probably lean under too. He's better looking than Tom Brady, though. Oh yeah, uh, he's got cool hair. I kind of wish I had Joe Burrow's hair, don't you? I kind of wish I. I kind of wish I looked like anybody else other than me. I think he would beat the shit out of you too, Joe Burrow. Yeah. 
I think I, I think, think there's a quarterback in the league that I could beat up. Uh, I don't think there's a kicker in the league that I could beat up. You could probably get like Mike Glennon. Mike well, Glennon. I, would, I don't yeah, know I would. actually. His, he's like six seven. His reach. Nah, I cut him at the knees. Step on his neck. I, I yeah. I don't know, man. Mason Rudolph seems like a big wimp. He might be able to take him. Nah, he'll sucker punch me that asshole. True. True. AFC West. Yep. Ryan Horvat. Bet MGM tonight where you can find him. Yeah, check out the show. Talking a lot of baseball in the summer. I love baseball. Yeah, first five. Hell, hell yeah. Brewers need to piss off. <laughs> All right, uh, we'll start with the Chiefs. 11 and a half for Kansas City Chiefs. That's very high, like I just I said with Cincinnati. They're the only team in the National Football League this season that's favored in every single game. The Eagles are not. The Chiefs are. Every game. I mean, obviously that could change. Injuries and whatnot. Schedule could be tougher. I, I can I can ride over. I can ride over I mean, on the Chiefs. I would rather, honestly, like cut my eyeballs out and throw them in molten lava than ever bet against Patrick Mahomes. But I'm not running to play the over here. There's another team that I'm all about in this division. Yeah, It's Patrick Mahomes, dude. But I can see them winning like 10 games and still winning the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? I mean, Mahomes is going to win like six Super Bowls. I don't even know who's the is, – is is MVS, Sky Moore? Who the hell is wide receiver number one this year for them? It don't matter. Probably over. Well, where did Juju go? He went to New England, right? Yeah, he's in New England. Who is their number one receiver? Isn't it – did McCall Hardman leave? Didn't he go to Miami? Yeah. <sighs> Probably is- MVS. Yeah, MVS or oh, 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 Kadarius. Oh, yeah, Kadarius Tony. I mean, Travis Kelsey. Oh, no. Him. You know who's going to have 80 catches there is – Justin Ross. Oh, yeah. Good Not call. to be confused with John Ross, who is also there somehow. Cody Fortson will catch like 90 balls. It's the Chiefs, dude. They'll do whatever the hell they want. Mahomes will do whatever he wants. Yeah, they're probably winning at least 12. I'd go over if I had to bet. All right, I'm going to go over two. The team you love, if I'm not mistaken, is the Chargers. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. And you know what I love about the Chargers is my nine and a half. They're going to start 10 and 0. You'll catch this bet by week 11. All right. So with the Chargers, I love Justin Herbert. Dude's got the biggest arm in the NFL. But the problem for him the last couple of years is that noodle brain Joe Lombardi has been the offensive coordinator and he's senile or whatever. And he, for some reason, thinks that he's running the Drew Brees offense. So he has Justin Herbert in his cannon arm. Dinkin and Duncan down the field. Well, he's gone. In comes Kellen Moore. He might be shit, but I know he's going to allow Justin Herbert to throw the ball down the field. I love Quentin Johnston out of TCU. He's a 6'3 burner. So that means that, I mean, what's the Chargers? Have a burner. Chargers problem every year is health, man. Like Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are injured by, injured by week four. Even if that's the case, now you got Quentin Johnston there. You were able to bring back Austin Eckler. I think he's going to have a monster year. You keep fixing that offensive line. I love what they did defensively last year. It's just everybody got hurt. If you could keep Joey Bosa healthy for an entire season and you pair him with Cleo Mack, those are still, even though Cleo Mack's getting a little bit older, two of the better pass rushers in the league, edge rushers. J.C. Jackson was a disaster, but two years ago he was the best corner in the league, top three with New England. Bill Belichick's so smart. Anytime he lets anybody go, it's like, why, why would you not bring back J.C. Jackson? And then it's like, oh, he sucks, and he's arrested by week four. I think he has a bounce-back year. 
Derwin James is awesome. And if there's one guy that can neutralize Travis Kelsey in that division, it's Derwin James. If you play him in man coverage at the safety position, I like the chargers a lot. They just got to stay healthy. The weird thing about Brandon Staley is he's this defensive minded head coach yet. They've regressed every year defensively since firing Anthony Lynn. But I think this is finally the year they live up to the hype, man. There's just way too much talent. I think Herbert's going to have a monster year. I love them over on their win total. They're, they're nearly plus 400 still to win that division. That's my favorite bet. I'm on them pretty big. And I took a shot. Staley's like the reverse Mike Vrabel where the talent gap yeah. of the team is much better than the coach. They got to win 10 games. This team's way too freaking good. So over, yeah, over, over for me too. Yeah. The Raiders. Oh my six God. Six and a half. Yeah. Under dude. That's the easiest bet you could make. The Raiders should have one goal and one goal only. First off, who the fuck's their quarterback? Because Jimmy Garoppolo didn't pass. Did he pass his physical? Even if he's there, like, he's it's, it's not going to go well. Um, I'm, I'm way under on the Raiders. I, I think I think Devontae may be looking to get moved by midseason. I mean, I know that's where he wanted to be, but I think they're going to be terrible. Oh, yeah. He he hates every day. He, he made and, the wrong decision. He knows it. I keep saying he regrets leaving Green Bay. Maybe he doesn't regret that, but he, he played this wrong. So, like, and here's the thing. I think it's a lock to go under six and a half because, okay, if Jimmy Garoppolo's there, I think his ceiling is six wins with, with like, this coaching staff. Brian Hoyer is your backup. Aiden O'Connell, who I do like from Purdue, but he's not an NFL quarterback. That's your depth chart. I think the Raiders should have one goal and one goal only. You just got to Vegas a couple years ago. You have that big stadium. You want to be fucking terrible because you want Caleb Williams or you want Drake May. That should be the goal right there, and you might be bad enough. Problem is Arizona's going to be shit. But I wonder with Arizona, like we talked about when we did the NFC, if Arizona's shit and they win one or two games, do they draft Caleb Williams or Drake May? I think you have to. And like, But you just paid Kyler all that money. This season's going to be so awesome, but I think the Raiders should suck. God, what? it's still too long for football to come. I know, man. I know. But like... Also, at the same time, you know, you, I, I was trying to think of something positive, but you're a Brewers There's nothing fan. positive. I'm a Cubs fan, and even, like, if one of these teams wins the NL Central. The summer is overrated. There's no football. Fuck it's, like fun summer. If, it's fun if you have a good baseball team, but if you have a mediocre. Even still. Miss yeah. me with summer. Yeah. Uh, Denver Broncos are eight and a half. That Over. is a lot of. That is a lot of credit to Sean Payton. This is not that Sean Payton is going to be wearing like purple ties come week 12 to try to tell the Vikings to come get him. You know, he want this is not going to go well under eight and a half. My concern, I think Sean Payton still parties. Doesn't he always look like he's like, like, well, geez, he's dating some chick who's, that's what I mean. He's kind of like, I think he's going through a midlife crisis, to be honest with you. He he wore an orange tie on Fox to give a hint to the Broncos that he was interested in their job. I heard he's like 55 year old man. I heard all season long he would watch Hackett and watch the Broncos, though, and just be like, oh, I could fix this. I could fix that. So, like, I don't want to bet them over, but I don't want to bet them under because Russell Wilson those final couple weeks of the season started to look like himself a little bit. I think Hackett's terrible. And I think Sean Payton, like we know he knows offense. Although like, hey, let me ask you this really quick. Do you ever feel like Sean Payton's a little overrated? Like, okay. A little. Everybody, everybody, 
and you know who was like maybe a little underrated? I know he's, you know, not the best quote, but we always shit on Mike McCarthy. It's yeah, football. Mike McCarthy is Sean Payton. Who always, always says that? I think Bukowski always says that uh, Payton is McCarthy with better PR. Yeah, like, the, dude, the Saints, just like the Packers, have invented new ways to lose football games in the playoffs. Now, granted, we did watch that guy mugged on national TV, and the league had other ideas of who they wanted in, in the Super Bowl. I'll never forget that. So much that we changed the rule next year, and we had pass interference reviewable, which was terrible. But other than that, man, I mean, Sean Payton's won one Super Bowl. Mike McCarthy's won one Super Bowl. I mean, I guess he's been back to at least one. But, yeah, I mean, maybe he's a little overrated. I don't know. I'd probably lean over on the Broncos because they're going to have a top-five defense. I love the under. They got so much talent, though, man. Is Javante at, at the Nuggets games? They'd show Peyton Manning and be like, that's our guy. And then they'd show Russ and be like, eh, fuck this, this guy. Well, yeah. He here? But when you think about it, man, I mean, I know Peyton had that record-breaking season, but he doesn't deserve any credit for that Super Bowl that they won. He got benched that season. He couldn't throw a past 15 yards. He couldn't throw a ball that year. Was that the season Osweiler had his helmet on and then he had to be stuck? Yeah. Peyton was terrible. They won. They won despite him. They won. That might... We everybody like overhypes the '85 Bears, who were playing a bunch of garbage men as quarterbacks. That's the defense that everybody should talk about. That Broncos defense. Von Miller was insane. Yeah, they beat the shit out of Cam Newton. Yeah, remember then he didn't dive on the ball and everybody just killed him. No, they didn't. They didn't worry about that. They didn't. They didn't like that he didn't give long answers in the presser. Remember when we used to have shitty Super Bowls every year? Yeah. Now every Super Bowl, of course, comes down to the wire. Well, now they've started to rig these things. Actually, never mind. Two years ago, Patrick Mahomes got absolutely torched by the by the Buccaneers. Yet everybody here says that Jordan Love is the best quarterback in the league. How does that make you feel? Wait, what? Jair Alexander says Jordan Love's the best quarterback in the league. Yeah, okay. Well, I strongly disagree that <laughs> I don't even know that he's the best quarterback in his own division. Okay, I'll take Justin, is he I'll the take, best quarterback in the state? I'll take Mahomes. Would you rather have Tanner Mordecai running the Packers this year? No, I got. I don't even have Jordan Love that low on my quarterback list, dude. I got him over a bunch of guys. I got him over Ryan Tannehill, who's played in the playoffs before. Again, I don't think Jordan Love's going to suck. I just, I don't think he's going to be Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre. I don't think those are realistic expectations. We talked about this recently. What if he's Dak Prescott? I'm ecstatic. I love he's a top 10 quarterback in the league. Then Dak's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I I put Dak top top 10. Like that's the thing, man. Like Dak's really good. I mean, these guys are all really good. Rogers is awesome. You can't just be like, Oh, he's only got one super bowl ring or, Oh, Dak's never played in the super bowl because it's like, he's one guy on a football team. And like, let's be honest. We just got done talking about the Broncos. I mean, you gotta have, you gotta have a pass rush. I mean, the chiefs, I guess, like are the exception, although their defense the second half of the season was awesome too. But usually it's the best defense. Brady won that Super Bowl in Tampa, but he won it because the defense held Patrick Mahomes the nine points. You know, the Ravens with Ray Lewis. You could talk like Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl. Jim McMahon won a Super Bowl. I don't think he could fucking see out of both eyes. He's like chewing on a fork right now somewhere. That's bad. Maybe you should take that out. PT is very serious. Horvat, love you. Love you too. Leave that in, actually. It was pretty funny.
Fuck the Bears. See ya. Go Pack Go. I want to remind you about my good, good buddies at Omaha Steaks. That's right. The deals at Omaha Steaks are still there. You just go to omahasteaks.com, type Bart in the search bar, and there's a good order and value you can get yet through the end of the weekend. So you're probably not done grilling this summer. Uh, Maybe you've got what you need for the 4th of July. Maybe you don't. Maybe you have a birthday party coming up. I mean, you're not done grilling this summer. So you can go to omahasteaks.com, enter the keyword BART into the search bar, check out the gourmet grill pack for just 99 bucks. That includes four bacon wrap fillets, four premium air-chilled boneless chicken breast, four boneless pork chops, four gourmet jumbo franks, and the caramel apple tartlets, and then eight free Omaha Steaks burgers. All that, 99 bucks. omahasteaks.com, go to BART. Uh, yeah, type BART in the search bar. The uh, following is RJ Anderson, CBS Sports baseball writer. I could just end the podcast here, and that's fine, but I like the conversation I had, and I think it people are interested in baseball. So I, I will put that I will put that here. My baseball conversation with RJ Anderson of CBS Sports Radio. RJ Anderson's joining us. He writes uh, for CBSSports.com, covers the MLB. Getting into the MLB draft, we'll talk about that a little bit too. But I think, like with Shohei Otani, I don't think I'm a, I'm trying to argue a little bit, RJ, and thanks for coming on. That baseball is like everyone says it's a regional sport. I think it's a national sport. It's just hard to take time and pause and notice the celebrations and the milestones of players. I think that there's the structure of baseball is like holding Shohei Otani's star down a little bit. In the NFL, if Patrick Mahomes is a big game, we've probably watched the game, and then we have all week to talk about it and look at the highlights and and discuss it. In MLB, you've got to really do like you've got to have twenty five runs in two innings for it to break through. You've got to have a Shohei Otani kind of night. I feel like you know MLB can market this better. I don't know that baseball really allows for a Shohei Otani to be as big as maybe he should be. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, I think you're right in that, and I think that there's probably some blame to go around to the league and how they approach things, but also I think the structure of baseball makes it difficult to have the kind of Mahomes-style breakdown because, you know, you have seven days between games. And I know there are exceptions in the NFL, but usually you have seven days between games, whereas in baseball, you know, he has a big game, okay, that's Tuesday. Now he's playing again on Wednesday. So, you know, obviously he's not pitching every single day and so on and so forth, but I do think that the daily structure – and you know the grind-like aspect of the of the game makes it a little more difficult to have those kind of obsessive binges that we get in other sports. And I don't know that what I don't know that what you know what could they do? Even a guy like Luis Arias, who is on a quest to hit 400, I don't know that that's being talked about enough. Uh, and I don't know how much more baseball can do. I think one thing is they need to look with their TV partners and say, all right, Shohei's pitching in this game. Let's do something with it. Like, why are we showing the A's and the Yankees when we could be showing a Shohei Otani game? Why are we showing the Twins and the White Sox when Shohei's on the mound? We got to be doing that. It might even hurt that he's on the West Coast and these games start later. But from a marketing standpoint, I don't know if, if you've got any other ideas, but I don't know what they can do to kind of break through even more. Yeah, and it kind of brings to mind last fall when Aaron Judge was on this historic home run chase and they broke into college football games to show his at-bats. And you go on Twitter 
and the timeline is full of people complaining that they broke into this random college football game to show, you know, a historic at bat. So I think we should do more of that, though. You know, if ESPN and the other partners will allow, I think you should break in, show Horizons at bats, show Shohei Tani's happening and pitching or his at bats as well. And, you know, just make these moments feel more monumental and make them feel more important. And, you know, you're right. I don't know if the casual fan really knows what Luis Arise is doing. And I think part of that is, you know, a place where what is perceived as a small market team, you know, they're not necessarily going to be in the postseason discussion, although they have played better than I expected. And I think that hurts them as well. So, you know, but the thing is, we talked about two really good players having historic seasons, historic pursuits here. And we said, oh, you know, it's up to the market and all this. And then you look at the NBA or you look at some of these other sports, you almost never hear that come up. So maybe we're hiding behind, you know, maybe we're excusing some larger issues here by just saying, oh, you know, it's the market. Because there's only, what, five or six markets that we wouldn't say that for. So I think that's unfortunate maybe that we've kind of grown to use that as a defense as often as we do. And maybe that's the problem. Like I think in the NBA, Giannis is a star in Milwaukee. He won a championship. Jokic is a star in Denver. He won a championship, and that has obviously elevated his stature. The Angels have been a team where, because, again, I've mentioned Patrick Mahomes before. If you're not a Chiefs fan and you like football, you will end up watching 9, 10, 11 games where Patrick Mahomes is playing. It's just with the, that's the nature of the NFL. With Shohei Otani, if you're not an Angels fan and don't watch them every night, I don't know how many games you end up watching. And maybe you see like a Sunday night game. He's got to be on there. Okay, that's not a lot. Maybe the All Star game. Well, he's in there for one at bat, one one inning, and then the playoffs. Which Shohei, they've they've not had a winning record since he's been there. And I think the Angels. You know, I don't know what they could get in terms of a haul for him uh, as a rental. If if somebody wanted to look at him that way, I think the Angels have the opportunity to say, "Hey, you're actually trading for two guys, so we need twice the pay." But if I'm the Angels. I, I ride this thing out. I, I don't know that he, even if he doesn't sign with us afterwards, I think this is their shot to get into the postseason finally and see what happens. I think they got to keep him. I don't know if they're going to be persuaded to. I don't know if ownership is like, ah, I kind of wish we were losing so we could make a deal. This guy get some pieces. But where are you at with the, the Angels and what they might be doing? Yeah, so you know, I asked around the league last deadline because the Angels were in a worse position with regards to the standings and, you know, the nature of baseball is that you usually want to trade your players ahead of their walk here because then the acquiring team can get free agent draft pick compensation if they leave and that increases their trade value. Anyway, uh, the read I got from, you know, people around the league was that ownership did not want to trade Otani. And I had one person speculate and I'm, I'm emphasizing there was speculation. I don't know this to be an actual, you know, fact of life or whatever, but speculated that if the Angels general manager finds himself in a position where he has to trade Otani because they're not competitive this year, then that would probably be signing his own pink slip because at that point, you know, your fate is kind of connected to Otani's. Now, you know, if they make the postseason this year and then Otani says, you know what, I really prioritize the World Series ring. This is a very fun season. This is the best season I had with the Angels from a team level perspective, but I don't believe this team is capable of winning a World Series in the next three to five years and goes and signs with the Dodgers or the Mets or wherever he ends up signing with. I think at that point, you know, the general manager could probably say, hey, I did my job. I did my job. You know, I got us to the postseason. I gave us a chance to resign him. Uh, the reality is I have a hard time seeing Otani staying with the Angels. You know, shy of like a miracle World Series run, I just cannot envision a scenario where he says, okay, 
Angels are making me the best offer on the grounds of not just money, but the potential to win a World Series. And this is someone who, keep in mind, he chose to come over to the majors years before he could have gotten a massive payday. Like, he took the league minimum to come over when he did. He could have waited a few years and then gotten a bigger deal. The fact that he did that shows that he's not just about the money. And, you know, he's not going to uh, be lacking in long blockbuster offers this offseason anyway. So I just have a hard time seeing him stay to come this winter. I do think that as a thing fan right now, he's going to be an angel the rest of the season. But, you know, we're still several weeks away from a deadline. Things can change. Yeah, that should be interesting to see. And they are in a position at least, you know, the Rangers are, are doing well in that division, but they're in a position where they can at least look at themselves as contenders and maybe even buyers at the deadline. The uh, The other side of that, I think there's a lot of teams that are very disappointing. You look at some of the lineups. I still hammer the drum that the White Sox, for what they were building a couple of years ago before La Russa came in, uh, I thought they would be World Series contenders at this point with that team. I think they're very disappointing. I think the Cardinals, obviously, are very disappointing. Uh, and then the Mets, with with their payroll, would you put the Mets as the most disappointing and, and there's a gap between them and somebody else? Or which team do you think like should be the most embarrassed about how they've played so far? Yeah, I think I would put the Mets as the most disappointing. You know, I think it's a combination of them spending almost $100 million more on payroll than any other team. And the second-place team is the Padres, and they're like $99 million back. And they've also disappointed this season. But you factor in the payroll, you factor in the preseason expectations, and you factor in where they are. And it's not just that they have a losing record. I mean, their playoff chances are really minimal at this point. Like They have to play at basically like a 95-plus win pace the rest of the way and have all the teams ahead of them play around 500 for them to actually get in. And that is not something that I expected to be saying on the Cubs this July. I don't think anyone expected that. Even if you were a little pessimistic about some of their moves this winter, you know, let's face it, Justin Verlander's older, Max is older. We know that old players, especially pitchers, can crater. It wasn't out of the realm of possibility that they have some issues with the rotation and whatnot, but I don't think anyone expected this to be the outcome. And, I'm really curious to see how the next few weeks go for them and whether they decide, hey, we should try to sell at the deadline. Because I don't think they have as many movable pieces as people think because of the financial situation, the age situation, and the fact that, remember, this is a team that needs to make itself as appealing as possible this winter for Otani if he does become a free agent. So it's going to be an interesting month in New York, and we'll see what Steve Cohen has to say today at his press conference. Yeah, I tweeted yesterday, uh, everything will be addressed, so he will be talking Today, R.J. Anderson, CBSSports.com, joining us here, Bill Ryder's uh, Writer Than You. I'm Bart Winkler, in for Bill. Uh, I thought that the College World Series kind of had a moment. Uh, a lot of viewers, uh, I think it's as high as it's been that I can remember, getting to a Game 3 was huge for them because that was more eyeballs on a uh, Monday night. And now, if I'm not mistaken, I think like, this is interesting for the MLB draft because some of these guys, a lot of times the number one prospect, you know, we're not really sure of who it is and we'll maybe read yeah. about it, learn about it. Were there, there's going to be guys that we just saw this last weekend that will be drafted. Did like the world series insanely boost their stock or who can we expect to see called in maybe the top five, top 10 that we're like familiar with now? Yeah, this is actually a great college world series for MLB draft next because you had four of the potential top ten picks uh, playing for LSU or Florida. And that's Dylan Cruz, an LSU outfielder. Everyone I talked to considers him the number one prospect in this class. They have a right-hander who unfortunately didn't get the pitch in the finals. His name is Paul Skeen. Sits in the upper 90s, has a really 
tenacious slider, you know, just insane swing and miss rates on that. And then on the Florida side, they have an outfielder named Wyatt Langford. He's a really good hitter. He'd be the number one pick in most drafts, but unfortunately, he's stuck in a draft with Dylan Cruz and Hurston Waldrop, a right-hander who has really good stuff, but needs to work on his command. So in addition to those four, I'll tell you, they also have two potential top 10 picks next year um, on those rosters. So this was a loaded uh, College World Series finals, and I don't think it necessarily affected their stock. You know, I think most teams have already had their draft meetings or in the process of having those, and they already kind of know what these players are. You know, these aren't mystery candidates or anything like that. So uh, keep those four names in mind, though, on July 9th, next Sunday, because that's when the draft happens. And, again, it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility for all four to go in the top ten. That's how good this finals was. It's just always cooler when you kind of, like, have an idea or you've seen guys when they get drafted. And sometimes in baseball, we don't know that. Even in basketball, we don't always know that. So this is pretty pretty cool. Hey, thanks for a couple minutes, R.J. Anderson. Appreciate the work. Find more CBSSports.com, and we'll talk again. Thank you for having me. And that'll do it for the June 29th episode of the Bart Winkler Show. Got a show tomorrow, Kevin Holden. Also, uh, I am going to chat with Oswald Boachwa. He is a guy who was born, I believe, in Waukesha, then went back to Tanzania for 13 years, came back here, and is has a program to help with immigrants and refugees and get them acclimated in Milwaukee. And they're also trying to raise some funds for a soccer league in Tanzania. So basically... There's a pro league there, but there's no other league of any kind, and he's trying to start one. Uh, so we'll talk to him tomorrow, too. And then next week, again, kind of a soft a soft break, if you will. Check out the website, bartwinklershow.com, for updates. I'm Bart Winkler. We will talk to you on Friday.